Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. My name is Christine Heath, and I am a marriage and family therapist, and I have been a therapist since the middle 70s, so I am an ancient therapist. <laughs> and uh, I'm here today with my super good friend and colleague and mentor, and also who is a really great educator. Um, which is another word for health counselor. Uh, <laughs> she's uh, uh, been working in the principles. The two of us have been working together for many, many years. And her name is? Judy Sedgman. And I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So today we thought we'd talk a little bit about self-love because I guess Valentine's Day came by and we were, I was thinking about it. I was listening looking at things online and noticing how people talk about how you should learn how to love yourself. And there's two things with that. One is that it's a little bit like focusing on that is a little like trying to fix the negative thinking you have about yourself. Because when we aren't in the feeling of love, we're having a lot of negative thoughts about ourselves, And, in fact, remember that article, Judy, that we were looking at is like uh, how people gaslight themselves, right? They yeah, they do a lot of negative thinking about it, and so we, when we're insecure, we're frequently have negative thinking about everything, including ourselves. And sometimes, actually, most of the time, our number one topic of conversation in ourselves is ourselves. So we're thinking about ourselves only in a negative way. So people think the answer then to that would be to love yourself, because if you loved yourself, then you would have better thinking about yourself. But you are love, right? And so when you're in a healthy state of mind, you're just experiencing the feeling of love. And it's not that you love yourself or anybody else in particular. You're just in a loving state of mind. So whoever you see, you feel loving towards. like. One of my friends was talking to me about, um, uh, it was a Facebook posting that she put in. She was in, in Maui and she went to have breakfast and the breakfast was humongous and she left half of it. So she took it out and found this guy that she'd been kind of chit-chatting with, who was a homeless guy on the street and offered it to him. And he said, he was sorry that he didn't have anything to give her back, but his love. And she said, wow, that was that was the most beautiful gift I could have on that day. Yeah. Now, loving yourself, actually, when you talk to people about that, it seems like it requires you doing something. Like you have to change your thinking or you have to start thinking about yourself. But to me, the more I think about myself, the more likely I'm going to get into negative thinking about myself. <laughs> when I'm in the feeling of love, I forget about myself. I, I, it's not about loving me or, or not or hating myself. It's like the me and me seems to disappear. 
and I'm just enjoying life. Yeah. You know, love is very deep feeling of gratitude and awe and wonder and, and peace and feeling connected. You know, it's, it, it's one of those uh, unconditional love is just a beautiful feeling. It's kind of the fundamental beautiful feeling. And we don't single out, you know, when you love a person or a thing or even a pet or anything else, it's like you're attaching your love to something. And it's conditional in that sense that, you know, well, that thing brings out love in me. But the fact is, if you aren't, aren't in that loving feeling, you'll find fault with that thing, <laughs> you know, which is how people that were madly in love and got married end up falling, coming apart later on in life. And, uh, you know, I think about the number of times that I've yelled at my cat, you know, like if he's done something and I've been preoccupied and the cat, you know, spilled his water or something. And I would go, oh my gosh, how clumsy. You're supposed to be a cat, you know, <laughs> and cats don't do that. And I, yeah, I've never hit him or anything, but I've had that, I, you wouldn't call it love, you know. And then there are other times when the cat will spill his water and I'll say, oh, sweetie, let me clean that up. You know, and it's just like it's a natural part of the cat's life and my life that we're sharing our house and we're going to keep it nice. But, and it's such a, it's a qualitative experience, love. It's, it's, you can feel it and you know it when it's there and you, and you feel its absence when you lose touch with it. And the absence of love is judgment. And, you know, singling things out, you know, like, I like this, I don't like that. It's likes and dislikes and, and judgment about yourself and others. And so we don't have to work at loving ourselves and we don't have to work at forgiving ourselves and we don't have to work at getting, uh, coming to peace with mistakes. We just have to find that beautiful feeling in the present moment of love and realize that, you know, life is full of ups and downs and that's fine. It's just part of it. That's really true. It just really hit me when you just said that, you know, like when we're in judgment, we're having negative thoughts about ourselves or the world. Like people should be acting a certain way or they don't love us. Right. People, I should be able to, like I would get, before I learned the principles, I was so insecure. So I was thinking about myself incessantly. And I was always thinking about what other people were thinking about me, which, of course, I had no idea. So I, I would make it up and whatever I thought about myself, I'd think they were thinking about me. And you just when you're thinking about yourself all the time like that, you're just crazy. You just get so caught up in what's wrong with you. And it just keeps feeding itself because you get so insecure and then you screw up or you do something that you make a mistake on, you know, something happens in your life that's not good and it becomes about you. It's all about you because you're processing it through your thoughts, right? So your memory, your thoughts, that's where all you is. It's that's all we are really is what we think. That's why everybody has an ego. You have to have an ego. And when we get caught up in that, we don't feel love at all. And what we feel is judgment, right? And so we think other people should be, like I've got this client who thinks that, you know, her, her, if her husband did this, this, and this, then she'd know that he loved her. And, but it doesn't matter what he does because she finds fault with it, right? Like it's never, he can never do it good enough because she doesn't think that he loves her. And that looks like the truth to her. And it's just, it, it's just, 
when we think about ourselves too much, when you're trying to fix yourself so that you love yourself, you're going to stay caught up in thinking about yourself. And for most people, that particular program in the computer is a big one. It's got, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things that you should clear out. You know, Google says like, you have too many things, you got to buy more space or get rid of some of this. And you go, which one? Go empty this file, empty that file. And it's like, boom, it's clear again. So the more you think about yourself, and that's one of the things that happens, I think, in traditional therapy is you go into therapy and then you analyze yourself and you tell the therapist what you're thinking about yourself. And they go, oh, yeah, that's really bad. Oh, I can see why you're being depressed when you think that way. Well, that's true. And then they try to convince you that maybe that's not the right thinking, but it doesn't change unless you get an insight about that judgmental thinking you have about yourself. You know, it's, it, 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 I was thinking about this uh, while you were talking, Chris, because I was always, uh, I had this attitude when I was younger before I got involved with the principles and I was in business and I, I had this uh, fear of not appearing professional enough because I was one, I was one of the only women doing the things that I was doing at that time is a long time ago before women started doing everything they wanted to do. And so I always felt this burden that I had to be perfect so that I wouldn't hurt it possibilities for other women. You know, like if I screwed up, it would get generalized and say, you see, you can't trust women. They never do this or that. And, and that was on my mind so much. And I thought it was noble to think that, you know, cause I was trying to be an exemplar, you know, so that I could, pave the way for other women to follow, but really it was just being a a jerk, you know, because first of all, who was I? I wasn't that, it wasn't that important. I'd made myself into something I really wasn't. And second of all, it was like a predictor of really messing up. You know, as soon as you start thinking of the things that you could do to mess up, you're likely to do them. And what, what, what brought me out of it is, um, I was listening to, I think, uh, Elsie Spittle or somebody like that talking about the principles, and I was just randomly listening. And I remembered my typing teacher when I was 13 years old, and he was a, he was a character, and he was a very fabulous typist. And those were the days when we had manual typewriters. But he used to walk around the class, and, and you, you would, you'd be typing. He had us typing to music. We had to type rhythmically. And he had us typing to music and we were typing some manuscript that he'd put up. And then, we, you know, and he and we could we get into the music and the rhythm really helped. And we're going along. And I used to do pretty error free typing until he showed up and looked over my shoulder. And he, ha- he used to wear these little little colorful bow ties. And he was he was a character. He's a weird little dude. <laughs> and, and he would look over my shoulder and all of a sudden there'd be nothing but mistakes. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh. I'm him when I when I start worrying about am I a good example? I just turned into a weird little dude at the typing class, looking over my own shoulder. But that's exactly what we do. I mean, it's hilarious, but it's what we do. And we think, oh my gosh, I'm look at all the mistakes I'm making. It's getting worse, and he's watching. And oh my god, I'm you, you know the more you notice, the more you see. And honestly, it's just uh, it, it is that silly. You know, that when you start watching yourself, it's when you're going to mess up. And when you're just in the moment, you know, feeling at ease and at peace and comfortable in your own skin, uh, you know, we all follow our wisdom and do the best we can. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's like a, it's like a positive technique trying to love yourself for the judgmental thinking that you spend too much time in. Because the truth is, is that the less you think about yourself, the happier you're going to be. Because, you know, like that doesn't mean don't be aware of how you're feeling or how you're interacting with people. But that's different than getting up in the little analytical booth in your head and starting to, you know, critique yourself and judge yourself and, and kind of reinforce anything you might have made up growing up about yourself that's negative. Because nobody ever thinks too much about how wonderful they are. You know, like <laughs> nobody comes into therapy and says, gosh, I just can't stop thinking about what a wonderful life I've created. And I can't sleep at night because I'm thinking about it all the time. <laughs> but people do that about negative things. We just go on and on and on and on and on in our head as if somehow we're going to find an answer. And it's, yep. that, it's that ability to do that infinitely. That makes us think that, oh, I don't love myself or I wouldn't be saying that kind of thing. Well, love has nothing to do with it. It's just the way thought works. You think a way, certain way and then you think it a lot. And the more you think it, the more consciousness makes it seem real. And so it looks like it's true to you. It looks like this is God speaking. You are stupid. Oh, that's right. I forgot that I'm stupid. That's true. <laughs> you know, it's like you're talking to yourself. It's just your thoughts and you're reacting to it. But it seems like it's like a, a force outside a truth coming through you uh, yeah. about what's true and bad about you. And then it's like, oh, my God, that's true. I got to really watch it. You know, I often would think of that. There's a, a funny story that I always used to tell people that they'd um, if you uh, – think you have a tail and then you kind of start walking around so your back never turns to people so they don't see your tail well then they start reacting to you because you're walking funny because you're walking so that they don't see your tail that doesn't exist and they start reacting and you're like see they see my tail they think I'm weird and it just becomes (laughs) this ongoing thing that you think that you're bad and then that's what you see and that's how you interpret things so you stay in that cycle of what's wrong with me and then you try to I mean I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that said they tried to love themselves and they just couldn't and was such a relief like oh I don't have to love myself I said no no let's just see we can forget about yourself you're thinking about yourself way too much and and if you just get in a feeling of love you'll be feeling love not needing to be loved. See, that's the thought that somehow we have to be loved to feel okay. So loving yourself is an offshoot of that. Like, because obviously nobody else has felt loved you enough that you feel loved. So you've got to love yourself. Well, that's not going to be any better. And you'll feel like a failure because your negative thinking will still come in and you'll get caught up in the judgment. And then you'll say, I'm a failure at this too. No wonder no one can love me because I can't love myself. Yep. That is a self-fulfilling prophecy for sure. And, you know, the, the other thing is I feel sometimes like we have, it's one thing that's changed about the news over the course of my lifetime is that when you listen to news now or watch news, um, somebody will give a speech like, you know, the, some 
the secretary of state or somebody will give a speech. And then when it, when they go back to the newscaster, instead of just moving on to the next story, they say, okay, now we'll get our panel to discuss it. And so, you know, you might've listened to the speech and thought, gee, that was a good speech. I, I really like what he said and, you know, just be ready to go on with your day. And suddenly there are these little pundits sitting around going, well, he shouldn't have said it that way. And so-and-so, the previous secretary, he wouldn't have said that. And, you know, and then the pundits all start discussing among themselves what was wrong with the speech. Because if they were to praise it, then they would be look political. And so, and so we've gotten in, I honestly think that that feeds that habit that we're so accustomed to immediately taking apart everything that we see in real time that we think we have to do that. And then we start to do it with ourselves and our loved ones and our pets and our life and our job mm-hmm. and our car. And, uh, and I was, I was just thinking that this morning because there was some, I don't know, it was something to do with the Olympics. And, and I saw some, you know, somebody that did some great thing uh, in, in a sport. And then they had a group of, you know, sportscasters discussing it. And by the time they finished discussing it, I couldn't even remember what the person accomplished. You know, there was so much conversation about it and it got so complicated. And I thought, well, I don't understand that sport well enough, I guess, because it looked pretty good to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we do that to ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. that, that normally if you're just at peace and in the moment, which is really important in the present moment, if if you do something and you feel great about it, just leave it alone, you know, and ask yourself, did I deserve that? Maybe I didn't do it as well as I could have, you know, maybe I'm kidding myself. Maybe I'm gaslighting myself. (laughs) You know, it's like, just live your life and enjoy being happy spontaneously and don't listen to the pundits. You don't need to listen to those thoughts. You know, I remember when I, um, when I was in my twenties, early twenties, and I was dating this man, and he said, you know, Chris, I think you should go to therapy. You're kind of insecure about a lot of things. And it never had dawned on me. I never even had that thought in my head. Now, I'd been pretty much depressed for quite a while, but I didn't, I didn't really even think that I would go to therapy. Because in those days, like psychology was pretty new. It's, it, was, it was the whole idea of kind of going to, to get somebody to help you was really new. And um, so, I don't know, something happened. And I thought, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. So I went back to him and I said, I found him again, because he was a, in the field in some ways, a counselor. And I said, like, who would you, who would I go to? Like, And so he sent me to this place and I joined this women's group. And I remember when I started in therapy, how fascinating it was to analyze myself. You know, like I'd go back in my past and I I had this job where I had to drive in Minnesota from Minneapolis to the far corners of the northern part of the state. So I made me drive six, seven hours in a day. And so, I mean, sitting in the car with your little mind going, I didn't know about like quieting down. I would just start analyzing my past and going through everything that ever happened to me and how it could have affected me. And it was like opening Pandora's box. You know, I was like, oh, look at this. Oh, my God. And then that happened. And no wonder I got depressed. Look at this. And it was this whole thing about analyzing myself, right? And then I would go to my therapist and we'd talk about it. And she'd say I was doing really good. And I just keep doing well. 
eventually I got to the end of how much analysis I could do about it. So I'd start over again, like, okay, what else, what else is there? What else could I do? But it never really, it was interesting because uh, it was funny that I was never noticed it before. Right. And then my mind would put things together in ways that, that were a certain way. Right. Well, I remember one time I was talking to my sister about it. It was, um, it was a, a story, you know, I was, I'm a lot younger than they are. And so they would come home from college and I would go in my bedroom and, and, and just sit there waiting for them to somebody to come and find me. And I'd think, see, they don't care about me at all. I'm here. Nobody even notices I'm not there. And so I was telling my sister this story maybe five years ago. And she said, yeah, we were in the living room thinking what a little brat you were that we came home from school and you wouldn't come out and be with us. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's so many different sides to the story, but what your mind brings forth is just what you made up about it, right? So then when you're analyzing it with your therapist, it's like, this is really true. This is very real. Yeah. And so at some point, I remember I started getting more depressed because I couldn't find happiness in that way. And then I started thinking I was broken because of all those things that I suddenly realized happened to me that had hurt me and I didn't, didn't realize it, you know, and it was the more analysis I did of myself, the more negative I got about myself and the more unhappy I felt. And I really thought that love came from the outside world. I thought people gave you love. So the idea of loving myself was totally, uh, something I, thought would be a great idea if I could do it, but I could never get past those negative thoughts to do it. So then I'd feel like even more of a failure. Right. So I think that the world is that way, whether it's news, I mean, it, but it, it all comes from that kind of need to analyze everything and, and then try to fix what's wrong and try to feel love. I mean, that's really what everybody's looking for, isn't it? Yeah. And it's funny because it, that's to me what the world needs most right now is just everybody to just calm down and just be in love with life, you know, for whatever we have, for whatever there is, for whatever beauty we see, you know, for whatever uh, moments that are, are just little moments of loveliness, you know, just be, feel grateful and be glad that you're there to enjoy them. And, you know, roll with it. When things go wrong, they go wrong and they write themselves. You know, life has gone on for a really long time before we got here and hopefully will continue to go on long after. And uh, I think we, we just need to, to come to peace with the fact that there's nothing outside of us. And most especially being admired, loved, revered, whatever that is going to make us feel any better than we could feel just by being at peace within our own minds. Cause that's where it is. And that's a really good place for us to end. I think. Yeah. So stop thinking about yourself, everybody go enjoy your life. Have a good feeling. Love people. That's easier. <laughs> yeah. Aloha. Bye. Bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com 